Hey guys, how you doing? So just before we get on to the episode, I want to do this special announcement. Um, as of the 9th of August 2019, Wave is no longer available. And Stephanie has sent me this email just to let you know what's going on. So basically is we are saddened to announce that effective on the 9th of August 2019, the Wave app will no longer be available. We thank you for being with us as we aim to build a robust multi-content entertainment app while we are disappointed that our efforts did not result in the outcome we had hoped for, we walk away with unforgettable experiences and lessons learned. So unfortunately, Wave is no more. However, I still want you to listen to this episode because one of the things is I thought when speaking to Stephanie, the interview was brilliant. She had loads of experience and also she had some really good nuggets of information that she could share with you. So although you're, you can't get access to Wave and it is an example of you know people trying to develop these things and things not always working out as planned, I do think it's a really good episode for you to listen to. So take care, sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 123. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. Yep, you guessed it. I hope you're having an awesome one. So this week's guest is Stephanie Scapper. Stephanie is the co-founder and CEO of Wave, a platform that allows users to listen to music, read magazines, and soon listen to podcasts, all in a single app experience. While competition is fierce with established brands like Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon, Stephanie is on a mission to unite friends and family through shared access to all of the premium entertainment and quality content that binds them together. Stephanie is also an accomplished philanthropist, having founded Tech Treehouse in 2016, a Metro De Detroit-based nonprofit providing after-school STEM activities to children, and she holds a bachelor's degree in industrial and operational operations engineering from the University of Michigan. Wow. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I am really, really looking forward to you. And for the listeners, we may have a little compadre. There's a canine running around in Stephanie's background. So we will wait and see if she wants to join in to the show as well. <laughs> so Stephanie, before we really get into this conversation, can you give us a little bit of a background of what your journey has been that's brought you here today? Yeah, absolutely. So I studied actually at the University of Michigan Engineering so probably a bit unusual for my role currently. And since then, I joined Cisco and I was an IT analyst. I was coding. Um, and really the story of me and eight years later here, which seems crazy, is that my father and I were having a discussion on vacation and he is the founder and CEO of the parent company of Wave, Altair. And he wanted to take the business model Altair has used for the last, oh, almost 20 years now, I'd say, into the consumer space. And that's when you know I got engaged and I joined Altair to do more things on the partner side for Altair as an organization and started up Wave as part of the internal 
uh, innovation project line. And so, yeah, it, it's been <laughs> a little unusual path, but I've learned a lot and I sort of have this unusual situation where I sit on both sides because Altair is a, it's a publicly traded company on the NASDAQ and we're a decent size at this point. So many of the partnership interactions I have, we are typically the larger entity. Whereas on the wave side, you know, on all of the partner interactions, really, we're the smaller entity. We're the company that nobody knows and we're working with much larger companies. And so it's really given me a different perspective. Yeah. And have you always, did you always want to start your own business? Is that always what it can like be? What has been that journey? Because obviously your father has got that entrepreneurial thing that um, some some of us will call crazy, other of us will call it compa- uh, passionate. But what, <laughs> what is that? Um, has there always been that want to start something of your own? So there's always been the drive to want to do something of my own and have sort of my own impact. But I don't know if it was really set up as I want to be an entrepreneur and that sort of direction. It kind of just happened. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it creeps up on us, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so so what so what is Wave? How do you describe what Wave is? Yeah, so Wave is a multimedia platform and the way I think about Wave is it's really, you know, a subscription service that you can access all sorts of digital content, so music, magazines, ebooks, and podcasts at the moment. Um, and it's, uh, it's more of a platform, I would say, than anything to have access, but of course it's an app. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the process of you going through this for you to then go, okay, let's create Wave, was that very much once from uh, um, your father's company, once that came up and you went, okay, let's take it to the consumer, were you kind of like, okay, I'm on this, or was it just a, a, a natural progression as you going through? So originally when uh, my father, his name is Jim, by the way. <laughs> so when he had this idea for a different business model and he implemented it on the B2B side, at the time he actually thought about the consumer side as well. And though I was much younger and he didn't share that at the time, Um, That has always been in the back of his mind. And so when he brought the discussion up on the consumer side, that's really when I said, actually, I think this can have a really big impact. And it was right around the time where Spotify wasn't in the US, was still this little tiny Swedish company, a blip just starting up. um, And Napster was just kind of winding down. And I really felt like, yes, there's absolutely an opportunity for a business model like this. And even as the ecosystem has evolved, I still really feel like this business model has a place because many of the competitors, particularly on the music side, but also when you look across other types of content in addition, they're having trouble sustaining and having success. And yes, they can get new users and yes, they can you know, have a free tier like the Spotify do and many others are rolling out soon here, but they're not profitable and they're bleeding out money like crazy and 
nobody seems to be happy in the end other than the consumer. And so trying to find the right balance there is really an important aspect, I think, for long-term success in the market. Yeah, so there's a load of questions I want to ask you. So number number one is, do you have um, an office-based team or do you have a virtual team or a mixture of both? Mixture of both. Okay. Uh, most of our team is centralized in two locations, in Troy, Michigan, and in Bangalore, India. Okay. But I'm based in the Bay Area, and we've got a few scattered people all over the place. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a okay, combo. So- so I'm going to ask, because I'm completely naive, what is the Bay Area for those people who don't live in the Oh, US? sorry. <laughs> it's Silicon Valley. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you just say that as if, oh, of course it is. But yeah, I, <laughs> I just had a clue. Okay. So when you're, when, how, what are the challenges been for you in managing the kind of like the virtual team and or the teams when you're in a different location? So... I mean, it it certainly is a challenge to get everybody together. The hardest part being time zones, actually, more so than anything. Um, But what it has meant is that I have to travel, and I actually spent the last few years in Michigan so I could sit with that team and focused on that team. Um, And I've traveled to India. I have tons of calls, but it just means that we need to make a more concerted effort to stay connected and make sure everybody's in the loop on things. And so that means I start my day at six in the morning. (laughs) And that means the India team is taking calls late into their evening in order to sort of accommodate and balance as best we can. Yeah, yeah. So when you kind of like going, okay, this is what we're going to do. How, you know, and there's all the development stages and everything else coming into it. How are you able to, because you've talked about some, you know, big competition, you talk to Spotify and, and those sort of things. Yep. How are you able to maintain that sort of competitive edge? And also, I suppose, is how do you keep that mindset that you can do this when, um, you know, you're, you're going against companies like Spotify or Apple Music and stuff, or, <laughs> or I suppose even Audible as well, if it's audiobooks and stuff. Um, yeah. how, do you, how do you keep that in the sense of, you know, we can do this? Yeah, I mean, I I think the first thing probably to note is we have to be crazy, and we are. (laughs) We sort of recognize that. So I I think the biggest thing is looking at each of the hurdles one at a time. And so the first hurdle to be competitive is to have competitive catalogs. And so that was the first thing that we tackled. And what actually really has made a difference for us, and it's a little bit by chance, but the U.S. passed a new Uh, legislation at the end of 2018 that now allowed us to open the catalog that we'd licensed from all the labels. And we licensed full catalogs from all three of the major labels, so Universal, Sony, and Warner, as well as over 200 independent labels. And so we're very competitive on the catalog side for music. And then in addition, you know, on the magazine side, we have all the Time Inc., magazine so people in style sports illustrated time fortune so forth Um, and we also have a ton of magazines that are more on the hobbyist side as well as some more industrial magazines focused on engineering and things more in that direction too and so we've really 
done our best time and again to first tackle that hurdle. And then each day what we're doing is we're really looking at, okay, what's the next hurdle for us and identifying it and working to overcome it. I think a big reason why we feel we're able to compete is going to be partly because we feel close as a team. So, you know, I just had what we call a team meeting um, that we do quarterly with everybody on the team. And there's about 25 of us where everybody has the opportunity to have a voice, to give ideas, to help brainstorm. And it's really effective for us. New ideas that I wouldn't have thought of <laughs> come out from all around the world, which is really an interesting dynamic for us from that perspective. And so it's just sort of one foot in front of the other and remembering that even if, you know, day to day, we're not at the same level yet, not every company starts like this and we have to stay, you know, true to sort of what we believe in and focused on why we think we're going to win, which is all around the business model. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you, you know, so many times, doesn't matter whether it's in the, the personal development world or you doing your thing or something else, there's always going to be bigger fish out there. But yeah. that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it if you're passionate and believe in what you're doing. And I suppose as you're doing, you're taking a very, all right, granted, there's a little bit of let's be crazy, but there's the there's <laughs> that, there's that, there's that drive and determination to go, we want to create something better and and keep on moving forward mm -hmm. and with with that in i mean like when you so when you have these meetings every quarter when these ideas come to how is that your leadership skills how does that come into play and how have they developed from you know working at altair altair Yep, Altair. Altair, okay. Um, from working in Altair, how has that changed and developed from then doing uh, Wave? So I think that there's, so by the way, Altair is the parent company of Wave. So okay. Okay, I sorry. actually still have a role on that yeah. side yes. as well. Okay. Um, Just to make but, things a little bit more crazy for you. Exactly. <laughs> But the key really, I would say, is that I'm able to take things that I learn across both sides. And so I'm able to see and have the perspective of somebody who sits sort of, you know, when we're negotiating with a content provider who's a much bigger entity, I'm able to see sort of their perspective and what they're thinking because I'm thinking that when I'm sitting on the other side as an Altair representative. and then being able to sort of convert it the other direction with wave. And so what I would say the biggest thing though, other than the perspective shift that I get is really the mentorship. So, you know, over time, you know, I I've learned skills in different roles, but the biggest thing that I have learned is through mentorship is really how I've ended up growing. And sometimes it's not even, you know, a formal mentorship. It's just, learning and watching and seeing what somebody else is doing and how they're approaching a situation. And to me, mentors can come from above as well as below you. I mean, I have a young team on the Altair side who will challenge something that I am thinking as a decision. And even just today, you know, I said, you know what, you make a good argument. Let's go that way. <laughs> and so I think that it's just really key to have 
the people around you to help guide you and form you a bit. And the, right. Okay. So there's two more questions I want to ask you around the, uh, before we jump over. So the first one is the fact that you have a uh, have created a culture that allows people to come and challenge you is is you know is is lovely because there's so many companies out there that have this command and control. They almost they 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 can like restrain or move away from. And sometimes their staff have this lack of confidence to be able to come up and say, here are these ideas. The, how do you think from a leadership point of view that the benefits of having that, that kind of like round table approach when you're going down for meetings, granted that may be the last decision, you know, is, is up to you anyway, but how, does, how do you feel for a business to have that open round table approach? Oh, I think it's the only way to do a really successful business. It's, it's part of why, you know, across Altair, we've got over 2,500 employees, but we sort of feel like a family because we're all sort of in it together. Nobody's a cog in the machine. Everybody feels like they're a contributor in a meaningful way and has a voice. And I just feel like that's so important and such a big part of the culture of the parent company. And then again, the culture of wave. It's hard. I mean, I'll be honest, when I first started on the wave side, what I found is naturally I, as somebody with a lot, with not a lot of experience leading early on, I thought that I had to make decisions and push things forward and, you know, you sort of think early on that that's going to be the best way. And what you learn is if you admit that you don't know something and you push others to give input and to provide their feedback and get their thoughts, usually what you come out with is a much better decision than you would have made just on your own. Yeah, it's the benefit. It's the same kind of like philosophy as a mastermind, isn't it? It's that ability to grab all of the different uh, knowledges, experiences, and everything else from the the outside sources, and bring it together and create something that you know quite often is more powerful and a bigger impact. Yep. So then the final question is, family business. <laughs> now I worked I worked in the family business, and I get a lot of client cli- you know audiences or even clients who've worked in family business. What has your challenges been in working for a family business? Uh, but also, you know, how do you manage that relationship from business to, you know, as a parent? So I think one of the big challenges here is Altair isn't a family business. <laughs> no, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it actually, you know, created a new challenge for us and a new dynamic because neither my father nor I really imagined or wanted this path when we thought about it 10 years ago. I mean, he didn't want me to join the company and I wanted to do something of my own and it just sort of happened this way. And now looking at it, you know, from a different perspective, I'm incredibly grateful and I feel like I could never have learned what I've learned. Um, but it did make me feel, especially early on, like I had something to prove. And so I think that that was a positive and a negative in both ways. One, it made me work hard. But the negative to that is 
of course, no matter how hard you work, you always still feel like you have something to prove to others. And it took time, honestly, to adapt and adjust and even to work with my father more directly. You know, we initially had to change our own views on each other. <laughs> I had to not see him as my father and he had to not see me as his little child running around. And once that shift happened, then I can honestly say he is my favorite person to have in a meeting with me because we work really, really well together and can anticipate more, I think, than maybe others in general because I can think like him. Yeah. But, I think, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think as well as the fact that he was able to separate and you were able to separate, there's an awful lot of family businesses that will always look at and I know my family business was with my family. It was always, well, that's just little Jeff. It's mm. not, it's not the role he was playing or it's, or they overprotect him and don't let them learn the lessons that they need to learn or whatever. <laughs> and I think the fact that you're able to go, okay, we're now, you know, working, it's Stephanie employee and employer yeah. sort of thing. That's a far better way to do it. And it's, it, but like you say, it's a skill set. It's to be able well, to I have that confidence. I think it also was a product of starting me at the bottom. I worked my way up. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't CEO of Wave when we began. I wasn't, you know, a senior VP at Altair. I started, I mean, I interned at Altair. I started at the very bottom, even for Wave coming in, you know, I was not running things in the very, very beginning when we first were thinking about Wave and brainstorming and all of that. And I slowly earned my place and I, I think that helped with the transition yeah and you've you know you've 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 done the battle you've gone through the battlefield just like everyone else who's gone through the battle so they can't ever look and go well she's you know she's just come straight in at the top which is often quite a conflict yep. for a lot of people isn't it brilliant okay um i could speak to you about way for ages Hey guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I wanted to let you know that the closed group Success IQ Alliance is now open to anyone who wants to be part of the community. I'm really excited to do this because I really want to meet more people to get a community growing of like-minded people looking at creating the exceptional life. So all you need to do is search on Facebook for Success IQ Alliance and I look forward to seeing you there. Take care. And we're going to now dive over. I'm sure you can talk about it for ages as well. Of course. Um, we are going to dive over to the second part of the show. The, um, so this is where I get to put you on the hot seat and ask you a set of questions that I ask every single guest on the show. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the first question is, on average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? So that's body, mind, and spirit. Probably eight to 10 hours. Okay. And which do you predominantly do? Is it reading or what is your sort of go-to? So, of course, you've got um, a great platform to access all of the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, it's really a big focus is around self-care because I spend more time than I probably should on working. And so that means that I need to take the time to go hiking and I read every day um, but even just attending conferences and things like that in addition. Second question is, what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? 
Ooh, that's easy. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, it's a and good book, isn't it? It really is. I first read it when I was a teen, actually. And to be honest, it it still changes me each time, but I really feel like it taught me how important it is to listen to others and to sort of just be a nicer person in general. Yeah. It, it, it's it you know a good book when you can read it two three four five times and every time you've read it there's something new you got go oh, i see it in a completely different way because it kind of like it journeys with your development mm-hmm. and that's a really sign of a great there's so many of them as well so it's, it's a hard question to ask sometimes yeah <laughs> okay now you may be slightly biased on here but what app makes the biggest <laughs> impact to your business or life so <laughs> Outside of Wave, which is obviously my number obviously. one, <laughs> I would say Wonderlist. It's a okay, yeah, yeah. checklist app, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's one of those nice, it's nice and basic. It isn't overly confusing like an awful lot of them as well. And do mm-hmm. you, you just literally throw everything in there? Yeah, so for me, uh, it really helps me to stay organized. I use it on the work side as well as the personal side. It's my grocery list. It's my to-do list on the personal side. But for each of my team members, it's their to-do list. I can see sort of a high-level view of what's going on and how it's being prioritized. So it's a clean, easy way for me to view everything. And it works on my phone, on my computer. I mean, it's yeah. It's really versatile. In so speaking about apps and obviously you deal with a virtual team and everything. Do you use any specific communication tools to do that? Do you have a a sort of like a I don't know, a Slack or a or whatever that you use to communicate? Yeah, we use Microsoft Teams and surprisingly, you know, we've been early adopters <laughs> for Microsoft Teams, but it's been really great for us. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So question number three, no, number four, sorry. What's your biggest business mistake, which turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? So the biggest mistake for me has been not prioritizing. And it's honestly a mistake that I have made many times and I will, I'm sure continue to make. Um, but (laughs) the challenge there is that when I don't prioritize, I very quickly am overwhelmed by everything that needs to get done and I become too stressed to function competently. Yeah, yeah. That means it's, it's one of those hard things, isn't it? And because we go through the path of least resistance, so we just get, we'll go and, I oh, know, I, yep. I need to sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce, you're a busy woman. You, you, you're kind of like, you're dealing with two companies. Um, how do you manage that harmonizing between work and life? You know, how does that, how do you manage that? So at one time, I really thought that work and life had to be equal, 50-50 sort of thing. But now I've really learned it's a blend, which means that each day the balance is going to be different between the two. And so I really think that you have to find, you know, what day is going to be more focused on work and what day it can't be about work because there's something else going on and, and really find that balance. But you have to make sure that there's a balance across sort of a holistic view. It can be a month, it can be a week, it can be whatever it needs to be, but you have to make sure that there's sort of that average (laughs) across. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's one of the reasons why we use the word harmonizing or blending, because I think is so many people think work and life should be halved. And yep. it, it just doesn't, it doesn't. Plus as well, I mean, there's so many facets to life and there's so many different facets to running a business that it's, you can't just put them in two, two boxes. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it, it is, yeah, it's just about t- taking a step by giving yourself permission to be busy. But also, as you said, you know, early on, it's about also that managing that self-care as well. Yep. Okay. Question number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you were known starting out? So (laughs) I really wish that somebody had told me that I don't need to have the answer to everything at the beginning. Sometimes not having a plan and just figuring things out as you go is the best plan you can have. And I mean, it, it really, you know, especially when I was younger, it felt like I had to have everything organized in this perfect, you know, setup. And now I've learned that, you know, if you're prioritizing the things that need to be planned for and get done will be, but you won't necessarily spend and waste time on things that are too far out to really plan for. And I suppose it's having a more fluid approach allows you to sort of bend with some things that need to go rather than you just taking a very rigid, that's where we need to go. Yeah. Absolutely. It lets you be much more agile. Yeah, absolutely. That was the word I was looking for. Well done. Okay. Number seven, (laughs) what is your definition of success? Having an impact, having a positive impact on the world. Brilliant. Brilliant. And number eight, do you have any daily routines or rituals that make a huge impact to your day? I do. Okay. So (laughs) for me, uh, my days look very similar. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I wake up around 5.30 or so. I read email before my first call begins at six and I drink my tea. Very British. uh, Very British. Very British, but there's no milk because right, I'm okay. lactose intolerant. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I work into the afternoon. And what I usually do, sort of towards the end of the afternoon, is every other day or so, I go for a hike. So okay. I've got a crazy dog who you probably can hear whining in the background go out. <laughs> and, you know, he needs to run. Yeah. So, take him out. And then I absolutely read every night before I go to bed. Yeah. So, so, so the nighttime routine, obviously you getting up early and trying to balance all these different time zones. Do you, do you like really dedicate to good quality sleep? And I try. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's a challenge, isn't it? To do that. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you kind of like, you do value that, that bedtime kind of thing. I need to go to sleep. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody makes fun of me that nine o'clock rolls around and I'm looking for my bed, (laughs) but I mean, nine o'clock to five 30, it's not like tons of sleep. No, No, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Okay. So we're coming to the last question of the evening and that's the life lesson question. So all you need to do is pick a number between one and 20, whatever it rolls on. That is our final conversational point. These are just based from lessons that I've learned through my illness and through starting a business. And it's our, uh, as I said, our final conversational point. So a number between one and 20, Stephanie, please. How about 11? 
11. Okay, so never be ashamed to show your emotional side to your family. Yeah. So one of the things is, is, I mean, not only to your family, but to people, is <laughs> I grew up with this. Um, I believe that it was um, shameful to show that you were upset or that you were getting um, overly emotional to my members of family because it, it, it was an assumption that I was soft or something like that. But I think as a having kids and having, um, I've got a 20, well, nearly 20 and a nearly 18-year-old. Um, that would make him 17, I suppose. Um, but anyway, that, um, you know, sometimes you need to show them that you're vulnerable and, and, and um, human, I think, as well. Because I think sometimes they kind of like put you on this pedestal that you're, you're the rock, but they need to see that sometimes it's, sometimes it can get too much. And what are your views on that? And you know, have, what is, have you had any of those types of experiences? So less so on the family side. I'm American, so <laughs> that's more of a British thing for family, I think. This is probably very true. <laughs> <The> stoic side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I have had that more on the professional side mm. of really, you know, keeping professional professional and not blurring the boundaries and not showing sort of the different sides of who I am. And to be honest, what I have found is it makes it harder to relate to people if you don't show the emotional side. And yeah. in business, relating to people is probably the number one thing that you need to do in order to move things forward to the next level. Yeah. And so I have really found that if you, you don't have to overshare in the no. professional no. world either. Yeah. There's a balance. Yes. But if you can share a little bit of who you are and that includes your emotions, then it actually can help you connect better with your employees and partners and anybody else you might be working with. Mm. Do you feel it's, it's, it makes you a better leader having that skill? Absolutely. Absolutely. For multiple reasons. I think one, employees are more willing to share things with you if they feel like you care and if they feel like you're also sharing and connecting with them. And so it, it's a better, it's a better relationship all in all. Yeah. And also because it shows that you're approachable. It yeah. tells other people around you that, you know what, you can come and you can approach me no matter what you're feeling and what you want to communicate. I'm a human being also. Yeah, and it's as you said before, is when you when you when you're doing that and yet you're you've created that environment and that culture where people can come to you and challenge you quite comfortably. If you are closed off and very hardened, people probably wouldn't feel like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, totally. Brilliant. Okay. Okay. So how can people find out more about Wave and anything else that you would like to share with them? The floor is now yours, Stephanie. Love it. So uh, check us out at wave.com. It's spelled W-E-Y-V. And I actually have a promo code for the first 500 listeners who enter Success IQ. So spelling it out exactly as it sounds, the word success and then no spaces and I and a Q. Brilliant. <laughs> and that'll get you two months free. 
Well, I'm very, very grateful. And thank you very much for, for doing that. Um, I'm certainly going to have a look at it. Um, but um, <laughs> Stephanie, it's just this final um, opportunity just to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, looking at Wave and looking what they offer as well, it's, it's probably one of those resources I'm going to be recommending because it looks fantastic. Um, and thanks very much for taking the time out your busy schedule and joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Jeff. Take care. Bye. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or want to be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take action and search for Success IQ Alliance on Facebook and join this brilliant group. It would be lovely to see you there. You can tune in and listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn and of course iTunes. And if you have enjoyed the show and have the time, please leave a rating and review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. I wish you the greatest success and remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and remember, just one conversation can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.